And welcome to another edition of Call of the Audible in a unique format as we are uh, handcuffed by technology. As uh, there is no PZ, he'll be back next week. But there is <coughs> Iggy Mocon here as we get ready for the final games here. As Iggy's smiling, smiling, laughing his ass off right now. Iggy, can you hear me though? I can hear you, but now my mic is on, so you can hear me. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll make do with what we got here. We always, yeah. we always try to make some. We'll, we'll duct tape this whole episode. Mo is uh, vo- <laughs> vocally challenged this week uh, because of a nice little cough and everything. So to try and protect us from ourselves, he's decided to do the show from home. And technology has failed him in that we can't get audio from his computer. Nope. So Mo, it's, what it's device tough. are you using right now for this entire podcast? I'm using my camera phone here, so Perfect. that's why. If you and guys will because mind it's here, a two-hour show, you have to have it plugged into the charger, which exactly. means you don't have earbuds. Exactly, guys. If you guys hold on for two seconds here, I think you need to take care of something quickly, guys. So carry on. Give me two seconds here, guys. <laughs> this is, uh, is going to be quite a show. I, the best part is going to be as he's receiving notifications, I hope it, like, vibrates enough to knock it down or whatever yeah, it is. That, That's that going to be really funny. That would be hilarious. So on today's show, we're going to be uh, recapping. Uh, there were either one or two rounds uh, of playoffs that have happened in uh, division in all the divisions. Um, we'll, so we'll be recapping those uh, those games. We'll be previewing uh, some of the games that are, are to come. Uh, for example, Division D uh, finishes off the quarterfinals tomorrow, and uh, the semifinals for the other divisions go uh, start as early as Sunday uh, coming up. Yeah, yeah it's, we'll, it's weird we'll, we'll how like oh you're both you're back though. <laughs> we're back. We're, we're pretty much we have ten days left in the season. Yeah, <laughs> it's all said and done, right? So once we're done in ten days, we'll get like a three week break. <laughs> but right now, guys, we look at it as we speak. I mean, this is coming thinking fast for playoff games right now, and I think teams have to realize, and that's the most important thing right now is having healthy bodies because you're playing a lot of games in a short window uh, of, of playoffs now. Where in usual normal format, you would have about three, maybe four weeks of playoffs. Right now, it's condensed into essentially ten days a playoff football and then you're in the finals right away. So there isn't much of a layover or layoff from the last game to the finals on August 14th. But it's going to be fascinating how this plays out for all the divisions, whether it's the women's co-eds or the, uh, or the, or the other division that we have lined up for the remainder of the season coming up. Yeah, exactly. I mean, even even yourself, you're not you're not playing and you're battling through some, uh, some vocal injuries. <laughs> let's yeah. say, let's say so. Yeah. So, uh, like we like we stressed during the season, uh, any bye weeks uh, in the first round were were huge, especially the co-ed one where you literally got a week off. Um, were uh, were really big in just just saving yourself from having to play an elimination game, and of course getting a day or two extra of rest. <coughs> of course, let's dive into it now, Eggs. Uh, let's let's do go it. with division <coughs> division E and uh, what we had. Of course, we announced the crossover division games of what we had. And aside from the forfeits, uh, I think every other game, I think there was two forfeits, but every other game, uh, except for the uh, Praetorian Guard victory, which was a one-score game up until the second half, mm-hmm. uh, every other game was a one-score victory. Um, are you surprised how close the games were, Iggs, in terms of the overall outcome for every game that we had in the opening round of the Divi playoffs? 
yes and no. Uh, some of the games like uh, that did surprise me. Minkia FT uh, only beating QB Roulette by uh, by one score, uh, although they did it without Matthew Nice uh, in the lineup. Uh, so that was a little surprising that uh, QB Roulette was able to hang in there till. Uh, Till uh, one of the final possessions, um, but other games like Penetrators, Big Fat Bats, Black Label versus Pillow Talkers, not really surprised that uh, that they were tight games. Most of Division E is actually fairly ranked, fairly pretty even in terms of uh, in terms of the caliber of play. But then, exactly like you said, Praetorian Guard, no surprise that it's uh, like a the twenty point kind of victory there. Yeah, they, they pulled away in the second half. It was a one-score game at halftime, actually, and then they pulled away in the second half, and they were the better team. But <laughs> I look at, for example, um, Pillow Talkers. Uh, <laughs> they knew coming to the game they had roster issues, and they kept on coming to me for, hey, can you let me know if my roster – I go, guys, we don't do that. Like, they asked me four times. I go, guys, we don't do that. Like You have to verify your roster. And if you look at that game, go to the roster. Talkers. Yeah, go to the roster, Eagle. Check this out. Of course, yeah. all season, they busted the cap. And once again, even if they had won and beat Black Label, which they didn't, uh, they were going to forfeit the uh, the game because, of course, their defensive cap uh, was over 385. Yeah, and, and that's, again, if they come back for following years, they, they got to understand how the cap works. And, you know, they had Jared Taylor, Corey Williams played for them. It was a good game. It was a really good game, actually. It came out to the last five minutes of the game, mm-hmm. in which which <coughs> Black Label won. But I just think that it was disappointing to see that two teams have to forfeit yeah. uh, their playoff games, which is disappointing because, you know, regardless of where you are in the standings, uh, play your games. But whatever reason it happened, it happened. It was too bad. But I think overall, the one-score games that we had for all every other game was great for this division. It showed the parity that's out there. Eggs, as you made the point before. And now, you know, we go into now the re-rank of games here where we have our, our best matchup moving forward. So I'm really intrigued to see how the next uh, round of games go with the, with the next four games lined up here. And we look at Penetrators, right? And they're, they have high-end experience here. But are you buying to Penetrators and what they can do now moving forward for the remainder of the playoffs? So they're an interesting case study. Uh, in FPF because usually most teams will start, you know, in Division E like they have for a couple seasons um, and eventually move their way up. They made that jump with uh, Rocco Cristiano at, at playing quarterback all the way to Division C. So they've accumulated uh, a lot of experience. They've played the game at now a faster pace and they can visually see on the field the how much slower division E is and it's benefited them i think for their for their playoff push in particular this season so had they not played in division C i would maybe go with Vic in a box here but i'm actually leaning towards the penetrators uh, in this one I just like their uh, the caliber of play that they've played in Division C, uh, tougher opponents, and Vic in a Box has c- some of those elements in Craig Browning, in uh, in Max Bura, um, even Nicholas Sanch. These these guys are hired middle division players playing in Division E, and I think uh, any other team would uh, would have trouble. Whereas the ben- Penetrators match up pretty well. <coughs> So for me, Nick in the box, I'm just curious to know how healthy is Nick Richard, Richard yeah. and now he is now. 
uh, because they get to they didn't get to play the game on Sunday because of the forfeit. So now for him. you're essentially yeah they're going essentially another week without him getting reps at quarterback. So how healthy will he be? Will he be rusty um, going to this game that he has against Panthers? And you're right, Panthers are not going to be easy out for anybody at this point in the season. Uh, they definitely have the wealth of experience coming to this playoff game, and it, it wouldn't surprise me if they do win, Iggs, because. I just think now, at this point, it, it takes one play to change the, the complexion of a football game, and that could be very well it that we'll have on Thursday uh, in Laval with these games going on here. That one play can change the complexion. And I think for Vic in the Box, they might be favored on paper, but this game would be a lot closer uh, for the final scoreline when it's all said and done after they play uh, their next game coming up. Yeah, like just to wrap up the, this matchup, the like we've said all season with uh, uh, defenses against Nick Richard, you need a very good uh, above average to very good rusher, and you can completely take away the Vic in a box offense. So uh, guys, like you see, who's who's gonna rush? Is it gonna be Nicholas Vaughn? He has those telescopic arms that you've uh, you've uh, mentioned in the past. But is he yeah. better in coverage? Uh, are they going to put Jacob Novick in at, at rusher? So that's going to be an interesting play, the rusher versus the rusted uh, Nick Richard. Right, and it'll be it'll be interesting. It'll be intriguing to see what they do from that perspective of, of the pass rusher against Richard on on Thursday for that game. So, so for Magnitos. <laughs> they get bounced by sizzle or T sizzle, however you want to call them. Um, they went by 10. It was a one score game for most of them to lead in the football game. Uh, Magnus will doubt we're only five guys for that matchup uh, for whatever reason. Uh. That game. But nonetheless, they, they lost. A loss is a loss. And uh, I know they were a little bit, um, how can I describe this? A little bit irked by our, our comments uh, about them, thinking that are they a legitimate 10 0 threat? Well, Look, they're one and done. They're wrapped up. So TC advances through, and now they got Praetorian Guard. I don't know where they have an edge in this football game against a very good Praetorian Guard that also doubles as Pilar Scarred in a higher division. Mm-hmm. And so the chemistry, the flow is a lot more prevalent for this team. And I don't know if they can get any mistakes from Praetorian because they don't make mistakes. And if they do make a mistake, they recover it as soon as possible, and they are able to take back the lead once again. So, Eggs, I don't know where the edge is going to be for synthesis on this matchup against Praetorian Guard. The only uh, advantage that they have on other teams uh, is their quarterback uh, running the football, Carmelo Di Giovanni. Uh, and as Ben Bork uh, already did to Nick Richard, and even probably even a better running quarterback than uh, Carmel, Carm. Uh, ben Bork completely stopped and annihilated the Vic in a Box offense. So expect much of the same um, for Ben Bork to do that against the Sizzle. Uh, so I really, there's not many paths to victory for Sizzle here. It looks like a Praetorian guard is uh, going to advance to the semifinals. Yeah, I just think that for for Sizzle, if they're going to do it, they're going to have to, they, they can't go score for score with these guys because no. they're too high powered. But they're going to have to come up with a game plan that's going to be able to maximize their offensive possessions, and they'll come up empty. Like they, they got to set the tone again. If they're if they're going to play the first possession of the game uh, by virtue of the fact that and guard have the first choice of whether they want to defer to the ball, but that first possession yeah. has to do two things for them: kill clock and score touchdowns. Absolutely, yeah. 
and, and if they could kill, if they could make this a, a, I don't know, maybe a 12 to 14 play drive, which is, which is feasible, it can happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you score a touchdown, you take off six, seven, eight minutes of that opening half clock. Yeah, it, it gives you a chance because now I'm not saying that return guard is going to panic and then man the stations and then get going here, but they're going to have to be more efficient because that means the possessions are become quality and not quantitative, and that's where they're going to have to be really smart about how they uh, utilize the ball possession in this matchup against uh, Praetorian Guard. Yeah, so if, exactly. that That is probably the only path to victory. And if uh, Joe Morghese uh, or Carmelo Di Giovanni can create a turnover, at least one uh, against the Praetorian Guard offense, uh, and then on offense they slow down the clock, like you said, and they have to score. They like limit the possessions to four or five each for both teams. Uh, get a defensive stop and score on all your drives. That's going to be their their only path to victory here. Yeah, yeah, it's it's going to be it's going to take a monumental effort. <laughs> I don't know if they have that in them to, to match up with Praetorian Guard uh, with what they have moving forward. So we got Mickey FT against Black Label. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, look at Mickey FT this year. Uh, I know they won the first game against quarterback roulette uh, in a close one by five, but now you're playing a team like Black Label that can get physical with you, uh, that are smart on both sides of the football, and they will they won't back down from MKFT. And I think MKFT, I, I like them a lot as a, as a whole. Uh, they got good ballers on both sides of the football. Uh, Matthew Nice is the guy that I really am a big fan of for for yeah. MKFT. But I just don't know if they have uh, the, the the bandwidth to go and beat a black label team that has gone through the rigors of some quality polls the last few weeks. Yeah, exactly. So they faced off, you know, during the season they, they beat uh, Le Petit who were the number one seed going into the, into the playoffs. Uh, they ended up playing uh, Pillow Talkers uh, in the first round of the playoffs. Uh, that was their rematch from uh, a week one. Uh, they've played uh, the Minkia. They actually played uh, Minkia FT uh, and Minkia won earlier this season, 26 to 19. So uh, Black Label has now seen the Minkia offense. They now have uh, played against better oppositions. And right. I think, like, like you, I really like Matthew Nice. He is the primary target um, and the best two-way player for Minkia. I just think that for Black Label, uh, they have on the defensive side of the ball, uh, Felix Cassette. I think he can absolutely take away Matthew Nice, and he's going right. to ha- force uh, Minkia FT to to score with their other with their supporting cast so guys like Justin Neme, uh, Anthony Mariachi, uh, Michael Nudo, uh, Athanasios Lavasso. So these guys are gonna have to play a huge prominent role. Um, and, and I mean, first and foremost, Nice needs to be there. Uh, without them, the game is over. The quarterback play of of uh, Fred Junot is just on a, a much higher caliber of level. Uh, than Adam Mantel. So Nice needs to be there. And then the supporting cast is going to have to be huge for Minkia. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't think it's going to be a high-scoring game, by the way. <laughs> I think first team to 26, 27 wins this football game. Yeah. I, don't think, I don't think both teams are built to score 30-plus. And this this might play to the, each other's hands because they don't have to worry about teams running gutting, right, you know, in terms of where they want to be and stuff. And I just think at this point of the year, 
you know, as PC says, the, the law of average for FPF, if I have to score still in the football game, this might be the exception to the rule because both teams are not built like that to score at nausea. And I think now in this situation that we have for Black Label and BKFT, uh, you know, we're waiting for the bottom to fall off BKFT because they, their schedule was relatively easy in terms of who they faced. Uh, I mean, they faced Pill Talkers twice. They had a forfeit win. Um, but now as they move deeper and deeper into this playoff hole that they're digging into, uh, they're going to face better teams. And this will be the first true test for them, playing a Black Label team that, that I think is trying to test it. But I think now Iggy moving forward here, if whoever scores 27, I think wins this football game coming up on Thursday. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. It's it's not necessarily like so what you're referring to with Pisa's gold standard of uh, five touchdowns to win a playoff game, uh, probably four in uh, in this game. Right. Yep. So a question for you guys. Do you still see me on the screen or no? Do not. We just see okay. a black square. Okay. This is curious though because I see a black square. So I don't know if Eagle sees that or not. <laughs> no, no. We see a black square. Okay. Is it on uh, our I, end or on Mo's end? <laughs> Eagle. I am checking. Okay. Mo, there he is. Oh, there we go. Ah. Uh-huh. There we go. Okay. <laughs> so, so let's make sure. I, I, I saw Iggy. I was like, okay, something's going on here. Yeah, I was staring into the abyss of uh, the darkened calling the audible here. Of course. All right, so Le Petit Carotte, um, they get Wind Diesel. Uh, Win Diesel, big win over uh, some team named Scrat Stragglers, I think yeah, it is. Some uh, Strangler, think. Yeah, yeah. But you see, that, that's the beauty of <coughs> this format, right? That you haven't played a team on the opposite side of the bracket. And it was a one score game, right? I mean, that's what you want. And Win Diesel has a pretty good team with Wilson Bag um, on that roster who, who had a marvelous game. So now they get in the Petit Carat. Um, <coughs> I, look at, I look at LPC. Um, they're good. They got one player who is a cheap destroyer with his length. But they have to figure out how to get more of the supporting cast involved. And what I mean by that, Iggs, is that they can't rely too much on this one player to win that football game for them against um, uh, against Wind Diesel. Uh, Diesel on the weekend coming up. So... Yeah, Win Diesel, very good team. Uh, shout out to them. I was uh, getting in their heads a little bit. It's the kind of the game, <laughs> the game I play, the game within the game. Uh, they didn't uh, see it eye to eye right away, but then they, <laughs> we kind of talked after the game. They they understood after. Um, no, 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 they're they're really good. I that's not the Win Diesel team I saw in like week one or week two. Uh, they're they're legit. Uh, now, in terms of covering Xavier Bro. Um, they're likely going to put uh, Marcus Lynch on him. But even then, he's a decent defender. He's, he's pretty good. But Xavier Bro has like a huge height advantage over uh, over a lot of people on, on all divisions. So they might actually might want to put Will Sebag. He, he has uh, probably the, the, the best advantage at height in covering Xavier Bro, um, the top receiver for Pizzicata. Now, you, you mentioned, Mo, that they have to get someone else involved. They're, they have, it looks like they have a decent number two uh, receiver in Gabriel Jobin. Uh, 342 yards, 8 TDs on uh, 22 receptions. He seems to be the wide receiver two on the team. Um, but it's, it's a drop-off, though, Leagues. When you look at the targets from Bro to Jobin, it's almost uh, a 2-1 ratio when it's all said and done. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if if the Win Diesel defense can, and it's not easy, but if they can stop Xavier Bro 
they are stopping about 70% of the offense for Le Petit yeah. Now, they also have to keep in mind that uh, Jason Reyes, he's, his ability to run as well it is there. So the shorts need to play, uh, need to stay disciplined uh, for when he's able to cover any any running ability from uh, from Reyes. Right. No, and, and I think, <coughs> excuse me, I, I think that for the Petit Carat, I mean, I'm for, <coughs> sorry. Unfortunately, they've had they had the bye week because of the, of the forfeit from Kevin de Rohan. But you think about it right now, they, they lost the black label their last game by two. Um, they beat Patriots by twelve, which was a good game, which I score cap. Mm-hmm. Um, they beat McFT by by twenty three. So they've had <coughs> they've had the ability to score points, which they will. Yeah, I just think now in this game against Win Diesel. Um, it, it might come down to the final five plays. Yes. And who has got the ball last to mm-hmm. win that football game coming up uh, on Thursday. Yeah, because that win diesel offense, they're they're good. They they can score. So this game yeah. will go score for score. I don't think the defenses are going to be able to stop either offense. And like you said, whoever has the ball last, uh, whoever has that ball last with five plays remaining is yeah. likely going to be your winner in this game. Of course, of course. Uh, and before we get to, <coughs> get to women's here, uh, Iggs, yeah. uh, <coughs> if you look at the with the playoff format and the of the teams remaining, I believe five from Conference B and three are from Conference A. If I stand correct, I, am I correct on that? There, uh, no. I count five from B. Okay, so okay, so it's not bad. It was almost a four-four win, right? Almost a four-four split. Uh, right. of, of parity. So actually, wait, hold on. Let me do that again. <laughs> nope, it's half-half. Oh, it already is. Okay. Okay, so even better, right? So so we, we have... 1A, 2A, 3A, and 8A. 2B, yeah. 3B, 4B, and 5B. Okay, yep. so so even better, right? So so they, they broke even both teams, right? So it, <coughs> it did work, and now we'll see, right? We move forward to the next round of who can play who, and, and we'll see. Maybe it's an all-A final. Maybe it's all-B. Who knows? We'll find out on Thursday. We'll move towards quarterfinal uh, Thursday to semis next week. All right, odds and women's uh, Iggs. Yeah, um, <clears throat> well, look, we know we, we know the final four is on Monday at, um, for the women's uh, games coming up here. Um, I look at this perspective right now for for what's left in the season for the women's uh, schedule here. Uh, is it safe to say, even though when you look at the fact that they put each other just just last week here, um, that LPM against Villa. Does Villa have any prayer at all that they can pull off the ultimate upset to take out LPM and go to the finals under Gio DeFazio's head coach? So, I, you know, if you asked me two weeks ago, I would have said absolutely not. That Le Pizimiet were a surefire uh, chance to go to the final. Yeah. And then they played what was it last week ish it was uh july 25th on monday and it i look at the scoreline 15 to 12 for le Simiet. uh it appears that gabby opedisano so if you open up that uh, game sheet there at the bottom uh, eagle for yeah uh that was her best game for gabby uh 21 of 44 like where was this all season off oh, 44 pass attempts 200 and 23 yards. Okay, granted, the TDs weren't there, but this type of performance wasn't there all season. And it looks like uh, Gino DeFazio maybe coached her up. Just, you know what? Take what the defense is giving to you, which is more of the short balls. So receivers like uh, Kea Allen-Beckles and Olivia Stewart, 
took full advantage of that. You know, the tackling uh, is not easy in flag. There's a lot of space on uh, a five-on-five field. So they, it looks like they exploded for, uh, for over 200 yards of offense just b- between those two receivers alone with the two scores. So if they can execute, you know what, a pretty similar game plan um, against Lipsimiet and execute in a similar fashion, they have a chance at, at winning this game when, uh, you know, again, two weeks ago you asked me this and I would have given them a 2% chance. Put it now in like a 20% chance. Yeah, I, I give them like a 10% chance to win this game. Sure. Uh, and the reason why I say that is that we, we look at Gabby and, and what she did. Yes, 44 passing attempts and 223 and two touchdowns or whatever. But they don't have the wealth of talent to go beyond Alan Beckles and even Olivia Stewart. You look at, you look at the, uh, what Kaya does or okay does Alan Beckles does for the team. She's their most threatening player on the football field, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but I, I still don't know how. I still think that Gio does not know how to utilize her properly in, in, in certain situations, and I just think that in this game now, that if you can get forty-four passing attempts in the playoff game, eggs, and you can only score twelve points, you're not winning that football game. And think about it for for LPM, it's a, it's a one-off for them, right? It's it's, it's a rare uh, anomaly that they only scored fifteen points. Yep. So if you held to 15 and you only scored 12, I think it's a big problem. And I don't know if they have enough quality to work with to pull off that <coughs> that win and get themselves in the final uh, on the 14th of August. One thing I am going to add on to this game specifically <laughs> is that the two plays that Villa scored on, mm-hmm. one with a fourth down pass on a 37-yard touchdown. So that's... I, maybe it's a bomb. Maybe it's bad tackles that just runs all the way up the field, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other one is a 18-yard pass on fourth down. So essentially, put it this way. It could have been Those zero. two plays are basically 60, 55 yards by themselves. And then the other 180 yards got nothing points-wise. So, so you're Iggy, scared. if I told you you went 180 yards and didn't score, that's four fields. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's bad red zone efficiency or just f- like four down efficiency. Uh, and yeah, so I see what you're saying. So like p- take that 37 yard away, uh, take the 18 yard TD away and you're left with zero points right now In four drives worth of field. That's that's the problem, right? If you're going to go if you're going to march down the field and you can't score in red zone and you do that all game. You're not gonna win. It's as simple as yeah, that. Lo- look, yeah, look. Let's let's not sugarcoat this. Lipsimiet are a heavy, heavy favorite going into this, and and I was giving Villa a two percent chance. Yeah, okay, maybe twenty percent's a little high, but look, if they can execute a similar game plan, then this game they was essentially though. two scores to two scores. They won't. <laughs> they won't because because LPM will figure it out right away. They should. They should. <laughs> and and you know. They don't have enough quality on that team for Villa to, to pull out the win, and you know not, not sound demeaning towards Villa, but right now for where they're at in their development of, of mostly high school first year stage of kids, you're putting you're putting LPM has played together for so many years, so I just think I just think that LPM has a chance to win this football game. You are dying here, <laughs> like, like yeah, the audience. The audience should be uh, I don't know taking a shot for you. Uh, just to, Let me tell uh, the fan here. Let me tell the fan here. You you have fans at home, Mo? Is is that how uh, that that radio thing works? You bring fans? No, to, it's over not. To your it place? helps with the air. Okay. Uh, but <laughs> but like I You're... said, I think for LPM, 
they're the happy face to win this football game uh, yeah. on uh, Monday night. So for Red Nation and Strangers, like Stars are alive for Red Nation here. Uh, to, to do some damage. Uh, we've been critical of them. Question, question the, the team at times here and what they can or can't do. But now here's a chance, Iggs, to, to make some noise in the playoffs here and to finally <coughs> put together maybe a two-game two uh, two winning streak here to end off the championship, which they couldn't do in the winter season a couple months ago. Um, but this is going to be trickier than, than the other game. I, I think strangers pose a lot more questions uh, in terms of what they can do against Red Nation uh, coming up on Monday night. So did you notice, <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to point it out, uh, that uh, since we had Lodi Ouellette on the show last week, uh, this yeah. game, the, the last game of the season, which they, again, they played uh, Strangers, played Red Nation, uh, <laughs> Lodi led the way in, uh, in targets and receptions, going uh, five catches, eight receptions for 50 yards and a TD. Um, so maybe uh, Jade uh, threw a, a few more passes her way after watching Calling the Audible, but still... Um, what what was really the downfall for strangers and would be again in a playoff game against Red Nation was the five interceptions that she threw. So once again, of course, no surprise, Rachel Vallier, uh, another two interceptions, another two pick sixes. She ended the season with 14 picks, eight pick sixes. Uh, absolutely incredible. So Red Nation will be leaning heavily uh, on their defense uh, in order to get them uh, a playoff victory here. Yeah, I think I think what, what what this will do on uh what this will do coming up here as we get to the black screen from my face again. I apologize for that. Um, <laughs> Does it like your phone go to sleep or something? What's going on, Mo? <laughs> no, because someone called me. Someone called me on the cell phone. That's why. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> yeah. So anytime there's an interruption of a phone call, then it, it goes to black screen. Okay. Right? So I, I think now it's a chance for Alice Sobel to really. Um, prove us wrong, like point yep. no finger at us, right? Yep. And say, bleep you guys for, for questioning my quarterback skills. Mm-hmm. And and she's got, this is a chance, this is her platform to have 10.0, 10.0 these next two games here and be a champion. I just think now for her and where she's at, she's got to really come out there and have a, a clean game. Like there can't be too many incompletions with her. That's her biggest yeah. knock. That there's a high incompletion ratio, and and she can't go 13 for 32. Like that's got to be a 20 for 32 game. You know, yeah. that's seven more completions. That means, in theory, uh, those seven passes because it's it's four plays to to midfield and then another four to to the end zone. That should be another 40, if not 50 yards right there right. Uh, at minimum, and that puts you at 180, 200 yards. So those incompletions. They got to figure it out in terms of more completions moving forward. Yeah, and so some of those incompletions uh, I see. Uh, so offensively, I spoke about Laurie's performance. Defensively, she had four PDs. So, yeah. like, if Laurie can turn some of those, now I'm talking on, on the stranger side just a bit. If, if she can turn some of those into turnovers, like, yeah. like, like you're what I'm just playing devil's advocate to Sobel's, uh, you know, more completions. If those right. turn into turnovers for strangers, and Jade doesn't throw five, maybe throws two to keep it at a minimum of one interception, 
that that can absolutely absolutely swing uh, things in favor for strangers. Uh, but yeah. yes, I, I I totally agree. If Al, if Allison Sobel can get those 20, 21 completions, uh, 180, 200 yards, that's probably another score, maybe two scores, so four uh, from the offense. And if she can get again uh, another pick six or maybe even two from her defense, uh, yeah, I, I I think the the favorite here is is Red Nation. Yeah, they should win. They should win. But if they, they lost, if, if they were to lose on Monday, it would be a terrible loss. Yeah. It would be, it'd be a, a, a black, not a black cop, but it would be, be a gut punch in their stomach, that's for sure. It would be a Mo Con <laughs> screen of uh, of disappointment. It would be like this science infection. That's how bad it would be, right? Like, this is like day 10 of my science infection. That's mm-hmm. how bad it would be. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Like, it's crazy how science infections can just linger for like 10, you know, more than a week. Like a cold collapse. Speaking of lingering, can you turn your camera back on? Because <laughs> we're lingering in the dark right now. Like, can you not see me? Uh, the, no, the no, no, we cannot see you. I'm speaking. But Eagle, this isn't before, though. I'm speaking to the wall. But Eagle, there you there go. You go. Is, there yeah, you go. There you go. I see anyway. you now. Eagle's getting annoyed. <laughs> I know. I know. He's giving the Eagle look. But like, I don't get you guys sick, you know, with the stupid science. Yeah, effect. sure. But I, I, look, you can get Eagle sick. He's out of the playoffs. It's true. I am still playing. In, uh, but we need it for the road show, though. That's we the do. Thing. We do. You know, like, it, it, look, let's call bygones. Let's call bygones. Be bygones here. If it's between, <laughs> between Eagle or Mo, you pick an Eagle. Yes, he's the uh, the genius, and uh, the we what what really sets apart FPF is that that live roadshow finals being uh, live aired and live streamed everywhere. That's the uh, the talented work of uh, Eagle at Master Control. Yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully, hopefully, peace has the uh, broadcast. By the way, <laughs> I know. There you go. There it is. That's what I tried doing and failed miserably. We have what eight finals uh, for August fourteenth. Uh, don't remind me, please. Something like that. Sure. Eight. Yeah, it's eight. Okay. Great. All right, Dippy. <laughs> I, I try to keep my, my, my voice, uh, my throat yeah, voice. Stay hydrated. Talk. Stay hydrated, Mo. Try to, I'm trying to hear. <laughs> okay, so Dippy, of the four Dippy winners uh, that we had, uh, which game surprised the most by the end result, uh, Iggy? Yeah, I think it's it's got to be the touch it catch it, thirty nine twenty six victory over over B Raves. Um, we saw on our uh, FPF Instagram page uh, that Jomeir had to go in a hurry up offense with about three minutes left in the game, uh, yeah. down thirty one to twenty. Um, so you, you you know you saw within two minutes how fast he could drive the field. Uh, but of course, by knowing that score line now, uh, touch it catch it would go on to score uh, <coughs> another time in the final five plays, essentially to uh, to ice the game. So that one, uh, B Raves were quote-unquote essentially an undefeated team with their full roster there um so that was uh of the four games that was the the biggest surprise for me well you think about it, right uh, in theory by the seedings the three of the four seeding three of the lower seeds won against yeah. higher seeds yeah uh <coughs> the game that really caught my attention was byob uh <coughs> great game against doors Hammer. Mm-hmm. Uh, came out the last play, unfortunately for um, Jeff Rosebud. Could not connect with Anthony Breezebaugh to keep the drive alive in fourth and ten. Yeah, uh, but this was a big win for BYOB because 
a team that's been consistent in terms of their enrollment in FPF for many years, but they never were more than a one and done in, in the playoffs. And they always would always they would always implode. And when I say implode, like they just shoot themselves in the foot with a bad play on defense, and this opens up things and becomes like shrapnel being thrown at them, and they can't they can't handle it. But but yesterday, <laughs> even though they had two school lead against Thor's Hammer, yeah. um, they still kept their resolve and came up big in the in the final play, right, to to keep themselves in, in the in the victory pole position. And that I thought was the biggest win in my books for BYOB to get that over the hump finally. Now, will that be enough to you know you know put them on a jet fuel towards the finals? I'm not sure, but I thought that was again I was more compelling because let's call it for this. Thor's hammer has better talent to work with, and they could, they could have come through yesterday when they needed to in the in that in the second half of that matchup. So, are you suggesting that you score kept this game? I did score keep the game. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, was it true that like uh, BYOB capitalized on some deep passes early early on in this game? From what I saw, that so, Vince, they started off with Vincent Benjamin on a forty bomb. Was it a, a slant and he took it upfield? What, what no, was... it was deep ball. The thing, the thing with BYOB is that um, Thor's hammer got off to a slow start on offense, and and they they had a two score lead. Yeah. But the problem was that um, second half first play. Um, which should have been called passing first or legal contact, whatever you call it, wasn't called where Anthony Brisbane got knocked off the line of scrimmage by Matei Awesome. It was picked off by by um, by BYB. They should have scored, but they got stopped. But then the game kept on going back and forth, and then I just thought Thor's Hammer had too many uh, downfalls of their of their defense, giving up the conversion on third down or fourth down, yeah. and that cost them overall of where they should have been. They, they should have won that football game. Uh, ben McMahon made a Willie Mays type of catch um, with what he did over the back. and But, again, BYOB kept the resolve, and they won a game uh, of importance now. And now they're, they're in Final Four for the first time in, in a very long time. And we'll see now how they'll face against Moretti Cryfile. We've had a very easy win over um, Brad New in their game. So now look at the Final Four here, Eggs, and what we have lined up. Uh, we got Silent Ticklers against Touch of Gadget. And we got <coughs> Ready Cry Family against um, um, BYB. Hold on, I beg your pardon. Did I write that wrong? Yes. No, no, no you got it. Silent Ticklers versus Touch of Catch It. And we got Moretti Crime Family no, I apologize because I, mis- I miswrote that in the script. So, um, compelling. Like, we'll start with BYB, Moretti Crime Family. I don't know if, if BYB has the patience to stop the Moretti Crime Family offense. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I like the uh, the Joey Taylor offense uh, going up against the BYOB, BYOB defense. I, I like the Joey Taylor offense, honestly, going up with pretty much any of these uh, any of these Division B teams. Uh, like you said, they they uh, it was actually their third victory over Brand New. It was a bad matchup for Brand New, as GM Kalethris uh, was was telling us in the, in the group chat there. Um, so yeah, the Moretti Kine family offense. We, we, we know what it is, right? The dink and dunk, the unconventional yeah. style of, of Joey Taylor. Uh, but it's effective. It works. And he has – I've said it since the beginning of the season. He has the perfect guys on offense to run it. The Justin Learners, the Brandon Alwards, the, the long-rangey type. He has the speed uh, – <laughs> he has the position guys like Zach Swern. He has the speed in Rocco Cristiano and, and the shiftiness of, of uh, Gab Wiseman's of the world. And guys, remember they played in Week Eight. Moretti Crime Family won thirty-eight to thirty-three, but essentially scored up on the last play of the game to mm-hmm. take the lead in that game. Right? So, I mean, 
you talk about no patience. I mean, you're quite literally in the lead, and they're forcing them to have to score on you in order to, to win that game. So I don't know. I think BYOB can just do what they do and force Moretti Crime Family to have to play at their speed instead. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think Matt Renee has to play a clean game. Like, yes. he, he can't he can't throw an INT and then say, I can, I can make that up in the football game because Moretti Crime Family will not allow you to make that up, right? Because – it, you know, you, you play a position where you had your game against. Um, uh, you were, yeah, you were down 18 6, two scores, you came back one in the second half. But <laughs> this ecosystem now for, for Div B, uh, a guy like Joey Till will not give you multiple possessions. Mm-mm. So he's got to be, he's got to pitch a shutout. And, and what I mean by, by that, not like a, like a perfect game here, but he's got to throw more strikes than balls. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Like he's got to have more completions than incompletions in this, right. in this case. But he, he can't. <coughs> so he can't get himself in that position where he, he's gonna be. Sorry, man. Holy cow! You're dying. dying. You're dead. You're just dying. You want to? You want to <laughs> drink of water? <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, I'll love you. I'll love you. <laughs> Since while well, Mo's doing this, yeah. What is the actual percentage of balls to strikes that a pitcher actually throws? I'm curious. I now. don't do baseball. Well, it depends, right? You get you got like the numbers. They have that, right? How many strikes yeah. you throw? That, the balls, but I just think that Renee's got to be clean, and he's got to make throws. And 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 if he can get, he's sort of a, he's sort of a to keep with the baseball team. He's a rhythm pitcher, right? If he if he's throwing a lot of strikes in the zone, he's good. He's like he's fun, like he's fun to watch. Mm-hmm. But if he's off by half an inch or or a millimeter wide to the left or right, whatever. Or if it he is, has Angel Hernandez as the umpire. Exactly. Perfect. Perfect analogy, Eagle. Uh, that it could cost him, right? And so I just think now this situation, he's got to be smart as a <coughs> as a quarterback going into this game against uh, Murray Crime Family. Yeah, just to wrap up that thought. Yeah, if if the balls are are just off enough, you know, they're going off fingertips of of players, and then they end up in the 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 hands of of the defensive backs uh, going the other way. Yeah, that's that's where BYOB will will get in trouble in the game. For sure, no question. All right, so sign of ticklers, touch a catch it. Uh, ticklers are, are starting to really uh, tickle the opposition to, to death. Um, <laughs> same thing, touch a catch is sort of a team that has been long time in terms of their core. But sound ticklers have some ballers, Adam Rosen being one of them, uh, Rashman Altikater now quarterback. Which puts George Panetta as a receiver. He's a good receiver. Um, yeah, Dan Mancini, Mancini is a really good receiver himself. Uh, I think this is going to be a high-scoring game uh, on yep. uh, on Tuesday, excuse me, next week at, at Loyola, where I think first one to forty wins that football game and will book their ticket to the finals on August fourteenth. Yeah, and if you'd have, to, if you'd give me the between the two teams who would reach forty-first or forty-five-first. Uh, yeah. I'd, I'm probably going silent ticklers on, on, on in this one. Now, touch it, catch it in their last game uh, against B-Raves. Uh, it was Nick Gomez-Rizzo, six receptions, 115, two TDs. He went off. He's going to need uh, to replicate that performance. Uh, were you uh, scorekeeping this game as well? Or is this no, I was not. Okay. No, so, it was the field. Yeah. So I mean, I know he he 
it it could have been deep balls, but he's also it could have also been missed tackles. Very difficult guy to uh, to deflag. So uh, so from the rusher, uh, sorry, from the snapper position, uh, it looks like Nick Gomez was going to have to have uh, another high high scoring uh, performance from uh, from his end for touch and catch it. Yeah, for sure, no question about that. And <laughs> I think Fred Milan has to play well, but with a guy like AJ Gomes. He knows what it takes to get to the finals and stuff. He, like you know, he recently won a spring final last year with uh, Dallas Zara Devay, and uh, now he's got very little left. Right, this is his last chance to win for the season, and I think he's going to ball out. And it'll be it'll be fascinating to see that chess matchup with AJ against Roshni but yes. yes. and how that plays out uh, on uh, Tuesday next week, and who can win that battle coming up, Biggs. Yeah, exactly. So I actually I'm not part of that rush the uh, career in FPF. Um, yeah. But I saw I saw a few games. Uh, well, a few games. I saw a few drives um, run by Rushdie, and yeah, that's exactly the matchup that I that I'm intrigued by is Gomes on defense, AJ. That is, um, if he can get one, maybe two interceptions, that can throw the switch into touch of catches in favor. And then they're the ones now right. first to 40. So, uh, so yeah, so that's definitely going to be a, a 7 o'clock game on, uh, at Loyola. I don't know if I'm scorekeeping it, but uh, if I am, uh, that would be an awesome game to watch. Of course. So going to Deve. <coughs> and Apocalypse, they beat MKMP for the second week in a row. Um, and now <coughs> they're in the Final Four. So now for them uh, – are you, are you surprised that MKMP could not beat them this time around, uh, given what was at stake, you know, that, hey, Apocalypse kind of backed way their back door their way, and you can see the highlights right there, courtesy of, uh, of our of our fine cameras of Lon and Christian Bay. But are you surprised, Ix, that it's not MKMP in the Final Four and it's Apocalypse? Yeah, I mean, uh, I am I am surprised. I mean, that was one of the mistakes there. I, I you you asked you know what what went wrong for MKMP and uh, that pick at the at the one yard line uh, was one of them. Now it was early in the game, uh, but yeah, to answer the other question, am I surprised? Mocon, more problems are are not in the final. Yeah, absolutely. The the roster looks star studded from uh, from the beginning. Uh, and, uh, and, and yeah, so, uh, here, what we're going to end up seeing, uh, coming up is the, I believe there's a touchdown here dropped by AJ Gomes, which is a very rare sight in FPF. Uh, look, they ended up drive, uh, scoring on, on, the, on the drive. Um, and one of the key plays here, um, was the extra point. So after, uh, after Mr. Lazara here runs it upfield, there was a bit of a flag guard. Um, and they, once they end up scoring the touchdown eagle at like uh, 545, uh, you'll see that uh, AJ Gomes gets slightly uh, grabbed by the jersey uh, for the extra point attempt. They end up losing by one. So that uh, may have been uh, one of the costly extra points that weren't converted. Uh, there was one later on as well by uh, Rory Sermergent. He was all alone. Here's the little little hook and grab. Uh, I think he ends up uh, slow-moing it here. Uh, nope. Uh, anyways, there was another one by Rory Sermergent back of the end zone uh, where he's all alone for the extra point. He can't believe he drops it. So there's two points, right? 
there's two points uh, that that come off the board for Mocambo problems, and then they can you know only look at themselves uh, to see why they're not uh, they're not here. And it's coming up after this touchdown, you'll see that uh, Rory back corner. That's that's uh, he's he's super look, look, look at Lazaro's reaction, right? It says yeah. all Dad's reaction to that drop ball. Here it is. <laughs> well, look at Dad. Look at Lazaro. Me, Minga. Bro, <laughs> and then of course, and then of course, this game ends on the one-point convert that you know Chris Ruve asked, "Was it in? Was it not in?" It's something in the uh, he's kind of in the air and he's uh, right on the line. It's this is incredibly hard to call. I, I you have to be on the line as the ref, which it looks like from uh, from the angle that people are looking at him uh, or looking at the ref that he was well enough positioned. But my God, is that in? I, I, I don't know. I can't tell. It's tough. It's tough to see from that <laughs> angle, you know. <laughs> so, you can watch that game of the week uh, of MK, MP against uh, yeah. Apocalypse. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, we'll start with the um, probably Crasher Braves uh, game. Uh, the Braves got swept by Party Crasher this year in, in different shapes and form. Um, don't forget, Joe Mayo did not play one of the games. Uh, full early. Braves against Party Crashers. Yeah, that was early um, in the season when Mayer. Up. Yeah, he was banged up. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, is there anything that Party Crashers can take away from those two wins that can maybe propel them to this victory over Braves this time around? No, not not necessarily because, like like you just mentioned, in the first game, Jean Mayer wasn't there. Uh, that changes the out the outlook of a game completely uh and then the second game it, it's not like you had you know uh will Tracier, uh throwing it was alex pilon throwing and going four for 24 throwing three interceptions yeah. uh like phil roberts uh <laughs> my division d team was the leading receiver of that game so like they haven't even faced joe Mayer this season uh, obviously they've they faced him in the past but like you you didn't even get a, a tune-up game for for maybe some of your players that uh, that haven't faced him. Uh, so right. I don't like I don't like uh, party crashers coming into this game. Uh, it's gonna be I think again Deve is usually the case high scoring affair. I just see uh, Braves one maybe even two possessions uh, winning this one. Well, the Braves are pissed because B Rav's lost. So, Joe Mayo, if he's, if he's throwing, he's going to blast his team. Yeah. Like, he's going to come in there and surgically open them up and rip out their guts. Uh, because, I'm not saying that they're embarrassed to lose in Div B, but at, at this at this moment, the, the probability was that B-Raz had the better chance to win a championship than Braves does. So, I think there would be added, <laughs> added motivation for them to win, Higgs. Um, I don't trust Fred to play a clean game uh, when this game is played I think on Tuesday or Monday I'm looking now it's uh, Monday on Monday at Stade de Montréal Monday yeah. so right so I don't trust them but in this case though if a guy like Frank O can get going and, and you know rush well against Joe then maybe they do have a chance to win this game uh, you know you talk about the receiving court for, for uh, pipe crashers it's sort of like the run and shoot offense from the old school, like Houston early days, 
where you don't care, man. They'll, they'll, they'll throw like 40, 50 attempts on you, and, and they can win by 50 or lose by 60. Right. So I think it's, it's, that, much, <laughs> it's that much that he has that's going to help him. So I just think that Braves have a lot more motivation now with their BRAS team losing. And this might be a, a, a complete one-sided game if Joe Mayer is locked in and ready to go on a run here to get this team to the finals on August 14th. And then the other thing from the party crusher perspective is, will Phil Farah be available? So he, he was sitting out a lot of the games at the end of the season. Uh, is he available to play? Is he ready? Is he back from injury? Uh, what's his status going to be? Because he's a game changer. He, he has the yeah, ability... Yeah. You, you've seen it, right? He has the ability to take over a game, get a huge stop on defense by uh, creating a turnover, uh, one-handed touchdowns in a finals, you know, down four points, uh, scoring, you know, back of the end zone, one-handed grab to, to put his team up with like a minute remaining in the game. So the guy's clutch. So yeah. if he's not there, that's a big loss for, for party crashers to have a, a chance to be brave. Yeah. I, I agree with you on that, and and the guy has to be as well, but he he can't be the only option for them on offense. <laughs> if Farrell is there, it definitely helps the cause for sure in that sense. So to be on the cause, the apocalypse, um, they got the All Stars coming up here, and and I put a stat that in the last seven games they're three and four, where the games have been decided by five points or less. Think about that. In the last seven games, Iggs. Five points or less has been the the margin of victory for either the Apocalypse or the opposing team. Um, you made a good point that the Austrians have not lost the game since week one. Yeah. So what gives this game here coming up? As you ask that question, we get some water right next to me. Yeah, of course. So if you tell me the stat that, like, uh, Apocalypse, sure, they've been close in all their games. But if you're telling me the spread is five points, uh, give me that spread for for all stars to to win that victory. So there's not much that I see that Apocalypse can do. There they have to for, they have to score on every possession, uh, yeah. and they have to try and get a turnover or stop in the red zone. But I can't see that happening with Kevin Wyatt throwing the ball. Yeah, I, I just think that for for where they are now, the Apocalypse. Uh, they have played with house money the last couple of weeks. I was just going to say that, yeah. You know, they, they've, um, for them to get into the playoffs, if it wasn't for a KGP uh, math uh, freeze of what they needed to do to win or attempt to win, they probably aren't in the playoffs. Right. And I think now for, for them, Jeff Rosenblatt has become a really, has become a much better quarterback in the clutch. Uh, he plays more like more, more like a chess game than before, where he he realized. And I'll give you an example. I guess MKMP in the last regular season game, uh, he played his timeouts, declined the extra point attempt after scoring and stuff, so they can score and then get the ball back. Point is that he's got he's got he's got to figure out how. How is Ponzi going to be utilized? Oh my God! Sorry, Holy man. shit! Hold on. I, I, you know what? You know, I think you're saying that Jeff Rosenblatt is going to choke this game. Is what I'm hearing no, no, no. you say. What I'm saying that is is how he utilizes his pawns, right? And and I think in this case, he's got to make sure that these guys are not dropping balls because the, the All Stars close in really quick on on on, on the windows. 
Yeah. But also, and not to, like we love, we love Alex Blay. Yeah, I knew it was coming. Here it is. If he's going to rush him, it, it, it can't. He's going to rush him and <coughs> force him to have incompletions. He, you know, when, we, when it gets to the V, it's not about getting the sack. It's about forcing incompletions. That's just as great as a sack because right. you put the team in third and fourth down, and I think for him now. He's got to make sure that this team or these teams or the teammates playing on, on, on Monday that he's going to force Jeff throw incompletions or those incompletions can end up being INTs. And if he can do that, <laughs> he's played this role really well for them on Monday night. Yeah. And actually, that was uh, in the MoCon Mo Problems Apocalypse game with on uh, Game of the Week. Uh, yeah. You know, even Isaiah Allard rushing Jeff Rosenblatt, there were two key missed sacks and two key plays where Jeff was able to, you know, just sidestep Isaiah Allard. Uh, one that led to Raul Barudi's uh, touchdown uh, to put them within two points. And then the very next play on the extra point convert for two, uh, Allard once again missed the flags and was able, uh, and Jeff was able to hit the uh, the convert for two to tie the game at twenty six. Right. So, so yeah, uh, disrupting Jeff. It's easier <laughs> said than done. He's often very quick on his releases, and then uh, once in a blue moon, pulls off that that move that you're not you're not uh, you're not see ready and seeing it coming as a rusher. So yeah, Alex Blay is gonna have to stay disciplined, uh, and uh, and yeah, just make sure that you know that Jeff doesn't get out of the pocket because good things can happen when uh when that happens. No <coughs> no question about that. <coughs> On to Coed. I think Alex Dubois is gonna join us, which would be a nice respite for me. Yes. With will. Dubois here. Um so we'll get Alex Dubois on the call as we now get to the co ed uh portion of this game here. Uh <coughs> sorry Man. Hey man, look, it, it's one of those days, Mo. Look, the fact that you're even going through with this is already like a testament to your professionalism. Um, right, and man. yeah, and look, Tease isn't even here to replace you. That's the other thing, right? He's in Toronto <laughs> or something stupid. Of course, yeah. he's stuck in Mississauga right now at Pearson Airport, right? Yeah, exactly. Apparently, he's stuck in Mississauga. You might be in Spain for all we know. I think I think people are gonna see you on the field, Mo, and like be offering you halls and. Uh, and maybe vodka shots. I don't know. One of the you two. know what? It's I'm at a point. Now we have Lexi Dubois with us, uh, the prime minister with us. But <laughs> honestly, <laughs> like I'm at the point where I see and my throat's just drying up every single time. And I got to do nationals on Saturday, so I'm trying to conserve my throat and going to the final two days. Hopefully by Saturday, it'll be much better. I think I will be. But Prime Minister Dubois is now with us. Uh, Alexis Dubois, do you have any remedies for uh, a person who's going through a sinus infection as I have right now? Mm, sinus infection? It's um, the pot of boiling water and the cloth over the head. It's the steam treatment to clear out the sinuses. Okay, I'll try that tomorrow then. See how that plays out. It's good for the skin too. You got to read about that. All right, Mr. Prime Minister, uh, it's co-ed. And uh, we're now down to the nitty-gritty here. Um, just quick before we get to our questions, uh, what's caught your attention so far from the playoffs or what will be of the playoffs coming up here for Coed in the next week or so? I think we just lost him. <laughs> Hold on a second, Mo. He literally just disappeared on us. Okay, we'll get him back. That's really funny. Oh, he's back. I'm Don't sorry, hit the hang-up button. 
I didn't click the hang up button. It's this weird messenger call thing, and I closed like a background messenger tab, and it just yanked me to into oblivion. Did you hear the question, or does Mo need to waste his voice again to ask you? I'll use his voice again, please. I heard it, but let's just hear it one more time for the sake of it. Okay, uh, your impressions of the playoffs so far? Um, the playoffs so far is boring and as expected. I mean, every single team on the left won. Um, the one game that didn't go according to script was the one between Fast Not Furious and Sifuk, where Fast Not Furious was supposed to win. They had the ball with five plays left, Fast Not Furious, and they were up by one point. Iggy, you're a quarterback. You're up by one point, five plays left, and you lose the game. How did you not win? So they go, the other team trying to let them score. They run one-yard hooks. Justin Weir takes off scrambling, scramble, scramble, scrambles, chucks the ball up, intercepted. Oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> that's not uh, That's not the way you want it. You, you no. drive the field, get the first down. Yeah, no, you don't throw a risky pass like that. <laughs> My question is, do you drive the field or do you kneel it out four times? And then punt? punt? Nah, yeah, I, I, no, 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 no. You, you go for the first down. You, you go with what's been working all game. Yeah, I continue my drives. But it's so on that play, it's a first down play that oh, he gets intercepted God. on, right? Oh. Take the sack. Take just run out of bounds. Do anything. Unless, don't try and force hold it. Hold on, like, uh, unless he was in the end zone, and then you don't want to get sacked because then it's a safety, and you're now losing by one and giving the possession to the other team. But you're up by one. Like, even then, just throw it into the curtains. Take a – man, like, put it into the ground. Drop the ball. I mean, anything. I Don't guess. get intercepted. Yeah, like, come I, yeah, on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that, that's bad. And Justin Weir is one of the most mobile quarterbacks in the division. He'd been having a great few games on top of it, so that's a really crappy way to be knocked out of the playoffs. Yeah, so, so that's your – okay, so boring as expected. So, uh, in uh, COVID-2, Alexi uh, – Who's more likely to pull off the upset in their matchups? Is it Sneaky Snakes over Kiss My End Zone, or do you have three Hannas over Le Princess? That's an interesting question. I am going to go with three Hannas over Le Princess. Sneaky wow. Snakes and Kiss My End Zone played near the end of the regular season. It wasn't an especially close game. If I'm correct, I think three. Uh, I think. Kiss by Enzo might have been missing James Jays though. James that game, not one hundred percent sure. Correct. I just don't feel like Sneaky Stakes have one stellar athlete to rival, whereas three Hunas have Nicola Piamasi, who is a star athlete who can take over a game, and that for me is the deciding factor. Yeah, yeah, Mo. The the question was who's more likely to yeah. pull off the upset. So yeah. it wasn't like he was pronouncing. I can't see him losing at all, guys. I got score caps now. I think three of their games this year. Yeah, and they're just athletically gifted. Mm-hmm. Um, you talk about uh, their quarterback play this year for what they have possessed this season, <coughs> Lexi, and what they've done this year. Uh, <coughs> I love the quarterback play with what they have. I think uh, Arsenal is a really good player. He could definitely play the men's side of things here. But I'm the biggest fan of the receiver. Uh, Dimitri Melback. Uh, uh, Melback. Yeah. He is a guy that is a Cirque du Soleil type of player. Like, he can catch the ball, uh, corkscrew it, uh, you know, acrobatic and emphatic in the air. I just think that he is a guy that's a matchup problem for anyone, whether it's going to be this weekend if they do advance to the finals. 
that is a guy that if you can't stop him, uh, <laughs> it can be a long day for your, for your opposition. And I think this might be a long day coming up for, uh, for what they have lined up against three hunters uh, coming up on Sunday. Hate to tell you you're wrong, but I think I disagree there. I think Dimitri might be the team's leading receiver, but he's very much a possession receiver. He's not the most athletic receiver on this team. He'll catch the ball as he's expected to catch and produce some yards after the catch. He's not a matchup line nightmare. If you're game planning against this team, you can take away Dimitri. Oh, I'm missing Emil Bartelme. I apologize. I'm missing Emil Bartelme. Bartelme, yeah. Yes, yes. That's what Bartelme is a real issue. Yeah, Bartelme is a guy that, as I said before, not to reiterate, you know, he's acrobatic and static in the air. He's a corkscrew type of player. Um, he is a matchup nightmare. And, and, and again, if he, if he gets going, it opens up for everyone, everyone else in that football team moving forward. A hundred percent. So, yes, I, I agree with all your points. Now, three Hannas do have the better female uh, athletes out of the two teams. So, if Rekka uh, can can really evade tackles, get uh, the, the chains moving for three Hannas, uh, she can one-up three Hannas over, uh, over Le Princess in terms of the female play. Fully agree there. She's probably one of the best female players left in the bracket at this point, probably the best snapper right now in co-ed two. Yep. She's an absolute difference maker. And all in all, the female players on Night Princess have not made an impact this season. They're one of these teams that come into co-ed, have a stud group of male athletes and think they can rely on sheer athleticism to win games. And ultimately, both defensively and offensively, you'll wind up getting exposed at a certain point, especially when there's female players that are more talented than your own and not even more talented, more involved in the game. Yep. Um, <laughs> sorry, Lexi, when you look at it now, for both co-ed one and co-ed two, uh, <laughs> what, what is the best finals matchup for both, <laughs> both years moving towards August 14th? Oh, yeah, Alexi, it's been like this all show. It's uh, yeah, And you only called me now. I could have replaced him a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the best finals matchups. Let me look. Uh, let's start in co-ed one. That's an interesting one. So for starters, I'm going to say it's not any matchup with Easy Fun. Uh, sorry, Easy W. I saw Sam Pelchat play quarterback in Division C. All in all, he didn't look especially impressive. He was exposed by Vultures and James Drysdale. I'm he's a, he's not a sure I have faith in him going forward. Sorry, Alexi, he's, he's a dink and dunk quarterback. Watching him play in the co-op game at, at Papino last week, the last regular season game. Uh, <laughs> I was telling Iggy this last Wednesday. He is he he doesn't have a playbook that goes beyond ten yards. No. And they figured it out, and they stopped. Yeah. So he's yes, an extremely short sure passing quarter. He's a short passing game quarterback. He's not a super exciting quarterback to watch. He can make it work in co-ed one. Not an ideal finals matchup. So if we were going from that game, I'd like to see Lipsifuck advance. I think that's a really exciting team to watch play, even though they're missing players. In terms of the other semifinal matchup, whew, that's an interesting one. Justice League against Kiss My Outlaws. Both of these teams will be understaffed. There's a major touch tournament in Ottawa that day. Serge Pilon, Isaiah Allard, and Sarah Parker are all playing that day. So it's a question as to whether any of them will be present at the game. Oh, that's, well, that's right. That, that big, that big uh, tournament in Ottawa this weekend across yep. the university. That's right, yeah. There's a bunch so that's going to be a battle of attrition to see who can actually come out of that game alive and with enough pieces. <sighs> Let's toss it up. I'm going to choose Kiss My Outlaws, my own team, because the last time Kiss My Outlaws and Leipzig Fuck played, 
is one of the most exciting games I've seen. It was a wild 41-40 game. And I think a match with that in the finals would just be really, really exciting for everyone involved. In co-ed two, if I can keep on hogging some airtime here while Mo hydrates and recuperates those airways. Um, for me, this would be controversial. It's going to be three Hunas against Kiss by Endzone. A lot of people choose Le Princess. Um, Kiss, three Hunas are the only team that have stopped Kiss by Endzone from winning. There was a 31-31 tie, I think, in week three of the regular season. This is, this is a matchup that generally gets heated. The last time these two teams played, they brought out the entire fan squad, complete with posters, children, families, the entire thing. You need three Hunas in the finals just because I know they'll bring a great ambiance and that'll really liven up the game. That'll make the game in itself a lot more interesting. It's fun to play when there's a crowd in the stands. And I think having James Drysdale in the finals is never something you want to say no to. So I'll take three Hunas against Kiss My End Zone for the co-ed two ideal matchup. Just yeah. in terms of... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's an interesting take. Uh, three hunters always have a, a large crowd present. You're right, and it is uh, it makes for a lively ambiance, and uh, hopefully that comes through on the live broadcast. I have a question. If I can flip you and ask a question to Mo, actually, tell me if I'm taking too much time. Only Mo. So, Nicolas Pierre no, Massey. No, trust me, this is great for my, my voice. Thank you. Nicolas Pierre Massey, I think, plays receiver at Queens, if I'm correct, for training camp. Will that have started by the time the finals come around, or will he be available for this team? I don't think he'll be available. Will because not be available. Begins, uh, <coughs> oh, as football camps begin this weekend. And the first day of practice, I believe, would be August 10th, August 11th. Interesting. So, no, I don't think so, guys. And not to be a Debbie Downer now, because Queens plays their first exhibition game on the 20th. And Files on the 14th. So, mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to happen. Well, that sucks. Yep. Well, we'll have to see, of course. Uh, you never know the uh, unpredictableness of, uh, of Epia. Yes, sir. All right, Alexi, won't keep you too long, man. We we appreciate you coming on with us, man. Next week, we'll get you on for the finals preview as well. Sounds uh, good. And hopefully next week, I'll be better than what I am right now. Hot water, Mo. Steaming water will help. Have a nice night, guys. Thank All you right. so much. Thanks, for Iggy, you lost of talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll let Iggy uh, do the rest of the talking now yeah. moving forward. No. <laughs> Take care, man. God damn, man. I am trying to try. <laughs> this is like the Jordan flu game right here for me. <laughs> the Jordan flu. Look at you. Okay, Mo. I think I'm going to put a towel over my head, man, and do the rest of the show like that. Like how Jordan was being carried by this pippin to the bench. <laughs> All right. Are we moving on? Uh, we're done with co-ed here. We'll uh, move on to uh, Division C. Uh, so Mo, uh, you were there at Stade Montréal on uh, on Monday. Um, you saw the vultures. <laughs> Mo's gone now. Mo's now in studio on the empty chair. Did he drop? Uh, he's still here. No, he's still here. Oh no, you're still here. Okay. Uh, so Mo, you saw the vultures uh, come ahead. Is <laughs> is that correct? Yeah. <laughs> so again, Samuel and Billy Palshaft played for ECW. Right. But <laughs> for vultures, though. They got lucky because they should have lost the AF1 in their first playoff game. Um, but on. James, yeah, they, 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 they won that football game uh, on a Drysdale INT. But this game gets – I feel like that kind of kind of assured them that they could compete. Because remember, we, we had them up, and then they had a bit of a glitch, and then yep. they come to the playoffs stumbling, and then AF1 gives them a good run, and then they win that football game. And they, they hammered – 
uh, ECW. And it was impressive because it felt like this team was reminiscent of how they were the first four weeks of the season. And that Benny McMahon had complete control of what he wanted to do in offense. And he wasn't forcing things. And now they get to the Final Four where it's a tougher game that they'll have against the infantry coming up here. But I'm curious, Iggy, like, is it Benny's legs or is it Corey Woloski's arm that's the biggest question or biggest concern in this football game coming up? Yeah, that one's that's it's an interesting take on uh, I guess on the quarterback play here. Um, I think I mean you're asking either or. I think both things can be true. I've, I've said that in a few times here. Um, yeah. Now it might be Corey Wawaski's arm uh, against the Vultures' defense. Now the Vultures' defense, of course, has always been the Achilles' heel of the team. But that said. It's now two playoff runs in a row where their defense actually comes up with a lot of big stops. Um, in the winter season, uh, they I, they put up a similar scoreline, like 38-13 to 13 or, or 20 against Honey Martin. Uh, they stopped them. They stopped, stopped the beer belly uh, offense in their semifinals on their way to the championship finals. Uh, they weren't, of course, able to stop the U, but it seems like their playoff defense uh, takes a step up and uh, turns turns uh, turns another gear. So even though I'm answering Corey Walwaski's that's the hard name to do on air. Walwaski's uh, arm can probably carve up the the Vultures defense is what you think is probably going to happen. It might not be the case. Uh, there's the Anthony Drysdale's, the James Drysdale's of the of the defensive world that come up big in playoff games and they create turnovers for vultures. And you know that once with the ball in his hand, Benny McMahon is 90% of the time, nine times out of 10, he's, he's scoring a touchdown on his, on his offensive drive. He's going to go to join that show more often. Mm-hmm. And he is. Well, he, he, he nah, 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 nah. that's how I feel to the action. That's where it's wants the whole thing. Um, if he goes more to Edgehill, I think it opens up it opens up everything else for this team. And if they can do that, um, then then yes, I think it may become better in that sense. But here's the thing, though, about, about uh, Benny McMahon. Um, that infantry team have a, a bunch of dreadnoughts. Yeah. You know, is he going to place the ball with pinpoint accuracy? Because there is some length on that roster. Yeah. And I don't know if he will have the ability. And I say that's my big part. If he'll have the time, not the ability, the time to make those throws when it matters most with those guys defending against him. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously Ben McMahon can hit an open receiver any day, all day. Uh, but you're right. The, the tighter windows, uh, the precision point, especially when he's on the run, right? Uh, he's he's often running around in the backfield, if not upfield, if uh, if the short defenders stay disciplined and, and don't give him an avenue to take yeah. up the sideline. Uh, he's then forced to uh, throw on the run, which for any quarterback, it's difficult and he's good at it. But 
my God, you have to be very precise, like like you're alluding to. And that's where balls can get tipped. Balls can be off thrown by, you know, just an, an inch or two. And that's all you need, uh, all, all the infantry needs uh, to create turnovers themselves. So uh, you're absolutely right. Uh, I think throwing on the run is going to be a big, big, big part of, of this game. And, and Ben's accuracy is going to have to be on point. Is this <laughs> is this a de facto final? I don't think so. No, I I think this is a legit semifinal game. I mean, so was last season's uh, called that a de facto final between Beer Belly and uh, and the Vultures. But in the end, it was the U who ended up winning. So, so no, I'm gonna call this as what it is. It's a semifinal playoff game. <coughs> okay, perfect. <laughs> okay. Perfect. Oh man. Jesus. So, what have you thought? So, so Mo, I'll I'll, I'll lead you up into this one. So, uh, Hustle Sports have gone on a on a pretty impressive run so far in, into yeah. the playoffs. They had a they had a bye week in their first round. So, even though uh, Pease was not here, they didn't have to play and 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 uh, and get a chance but to if, get eliminated. If you're the coach, I'll cut you off here. I'll cut you off. If you're the coach, yeah, would you go with Will Power or Pease Delarizzi as quarterback? Well, that it. it it's a very interesting question because uh, the playoff game against Blitz Buds, uh, I would have said Hot Sauce Sports was the uh, slight underdog in that game, and they came away with a two-possession victory. Uh, look, uh, you might not want to hear this, but I think Will Power has, uh, like, uh, he's been throwing in some other leagues, and he's he's taken a step. Someone, you know, just... I don't like talking about myself, but like he's taken another step in the quarterback play, similar to myself. That he's taken it to like an even other another level, even above myself. So like he's he's seeing the field. He he's taken a, a division E team uh, that that uh, was led by Terry Babalis. Uh He carried them all the way to a championship final. So he has that pedigree now, that that championship pedigree uh, to his name as a quarterback. And I would put. Willpower, and if they want their best shot to to beat Stoics, I'm putting Willpower in. So, um, I spoke to a couple of Blitzbuds guys afterwards. Yeah, and they said, and they weren't being, they weren't trying to be disrespectful, but they they were impressed by Willpower as a quarterback. Mm-hmm. They think he's a really good quarterback. They said this: if PZ was the quarterback, they probably would that football game. Willpower it's... made plays against. Them. Yeah, and I mean. So there's a there's a few things there. So obviously the the willpower, uh, what will has he, a, he won't be available. I think I think he's going to camp. That's why he won't be available. So if he's not available, then it defeats the question. But if he right. was there, I think right, it would right, be right. that question so, about yeah. So, that, like, yeah, like go, go, go. Uh, we all love Paulo, and he's he's a fun quarterback, and he's you know he has fun with it. But you know he hasn't been there for three weeks. You know, and, and now it's like you're the finals. Like he, it's too bad he's have like a like a cupcake game right before the playoffs to get himself back in rhythm and stuff. So now you go into this game against Stoics, which mm-hmm. might be his game. That okay, you know what? I can get myself into rhythm because Stoics are into blitz buds. Right. So in this case that we have for for Stoics, um, what do they need to do, uh, Iggy, to tame Hot Sauce Sports and get themselves into the finals? They're going to have to be worried uh, about Joey Notaro, his speed. Uh, I believe, yeah, Kevin Bustani is a fast 
player as well. So uh, they'll have to line him up on on his side of the field. Uh, they'll have to be they'll have to win the defensive matchups, which is really 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 hard with uh, with the lineup and roster that uh, that Pisa has put up on offense for for Hot Sauce Sports. Uh, I don't think the rusher makes a, much of a difference uh, against Pease. So that kind of you know, there's not much to say uh, from from that standpoint. Um, yeah, the, the Stoics defense is going to have to come up with, if not one, two stops. Uh, these two teams did play each other a few weeks back, and it was a one-point victory. So they are fairly evenly matched. Uh, and if one, if not two, two stops by the Stoics defense might just be enough for them to win. And we have two left-handed quarterbacks in this game. Oof. Cool. The question is, Eagle, what's that GM's question? Um, the last left-handed quarterback to win a championship was who? Cutler? Yeah. Cutler, yeah. I think it was yeah. Phil. Like last year? Last, last yeah. year. Yeah. Yeah. And if it's right. not Cutler, it's probably Chris Rivet last spring. He, yeah. He took yeah. his Stoics team to uh, to the finals and beat uh, – yeah. yeah. And won. Yeah. But- I don't remember the last time we had a two uh, all left-handed quarterback duel in the game. It's yeah, I don't recall one uh, off the top of my head, and uh, yeah, this one should be a real interesting battle. Of course, uh, I think Stokes are also on momentum too, and they can carry that momentum for them on on the game that they have against Hot Sauce Sports. Maybe that's their passport to get into the finals because. They weren't supposed to be top season, and they did. And they handled the Browns rather easily. And Christian Vey is very confident right now about what his team can do uh, against Hot Sauce Sports. They're not, they're, not, they're not relenting on confidence here, but <laughs> but they're going to have to play uh, not a near-perfect game, but they're going to have to play a really good game to get this victory over Hot Sauce Sports. Yeah, and even though Will Power likely sounds like he won't be there, even as a quarterback – it's mostly on the defensive side that Hot Sauce is, is going to miss him if he's not available. Yeah. He came up with three interceptions against Felix Gouletinawi in, in, in that game. Without those three picks, I don't see... I, well, I mean, they, they Will Power still ended up scoring six times on offense uh, to uh, Felix's two, uh, five TDs. Um, but yeah, the, uh, the fact that Chris Rive doesn't have to worry, uh, at least on one side of the field, uh, with Will Power not being there, uh, that, that dramatically increases his chances of uh, scoring and, and winning this game. No questions. So I'll, I'll, <coughs> I'll let you power the final division <laughs> Div D here, Eggs. Uh, <coughs> I'm on fumes right now with my throat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, <laughs> uh, I'll somewhat take over here. So, so yeah, so Mo, uh, we've actually had two rounds uh, go through in uh, in Division D. Um, I, I had a question because there were some surprises in terms of who made it through uh, the first two rounds. Um, who do you who are you most surprised that got eliminated? Um, there's a few teams, you know, former All Stars got shut out thirty to nothing. I thought that was a forfeit win until I actually popped into the uh, the score and realized that uh, Papino, uh, Alex Papino, wasn't wasn't theirs and Fabrice. No, yeah, and Fabris was, uh, you know, throwing. If you throw, once you throw in uh, someone into the quarterback gauntlet, in especially in a playoff game, it's never, it's a 
extremely tall task. Uh, and yeah, I'm not surprised that they uh, that they ended up losing the way they did. Uh, but teams like Bandits, teams like uh, Trap Stars, who who won one playoff game but then got bounced by Dirty Dogs. Um, between those two, Bandits or Trap Stars, who are you most surprised that got eliminated? Uh, I think Trap Stars were were banged up. Uh, <coughs> this is definitely a weaker Trap Star team um, than the ones from years past. Yeah, uh, didn't have Ryan Garber on well, that roster. Well, they did. Well, they well, so so they IR'd him into the game. They didn't have him all season to run reps no. necessarily, but uh, he was there for their victory against Save the Turf Dolls on on uh, Sunday night, and yeah. uh, and he was there the next night that Brossard on Monday night. Yeah, it, I just think that it, it hurt not having him for the full season. Sure. Um, <laughs> I think I think <laughs> they they. Didn't have the same, <coughs> sorry, didn't have the same roster as they was in terms of what they wanted to be, but I think that fuck, I'm sorry, my, my life. <laughs> this is yeah, I'm sorry, I asked you too long of a question. So, bandits or trap stars? Pick one. <laughs> Who are you trap most stars. surprised that's eliminated? Uh, I'm not surprised trap stars. I think bandits are, are a little bit more surprising uh, for what they couldn't do. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm surprised too. That that's a team that like I saw lost, and I'm like, man, thank, like that's a good thing that that team is out because once Cecil Belanger, uh, once he gets on on a rhythm, he's that that Bandits offense might be one of the best in, in the division. Uh, their defense was had some holes, and I think um, uh, who was it that beat them? Uh, Glory Boys uh, exposed exposed that and and. Made Maybe got one or one stop on defense um, more than than what they could against Glory Boys. Um, so yeah, I'm 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 kind of happy <laughs> Bandits didn't make it because they're a team that could have uh, they could have made it all the way to the final. Before we get into actual like game previews and everything, I just want to bring up the bracket because this is the first time we do a true bracket in FPF for in this case Division D playoffs. Um, what I guess I mean the biggest difference here mm-hmm. is besides the wild card games where there is matchups, our finals like this round that's coming up right now we have seeds one, three, four, five, six, eight, ten, and fifteen. Where normally you'd be having killer rays play wide open bar, and that would be I mean don't get me wrong, wide open bar have had a decent season, but mm-hmm. I think that would be a disaster right for for wide open bar. Uh, Glory Boys would have to go against Dirty Dogs. I think that's probably a, a good game too. Um, and then you have uh, would it be Peerless Scarred versus La Cité de Jeton and Primetime versus Kiss My Vulture. I kind of like these matchups that we have here better yeah. in terms of one eight four five three six and ten fifteen. Like these seem like tighter games, all things considered. Yeah, I I agree. Now it it could have been that like the matchups would have been even worse. They just happen to be this way. There's there's the the element of lu- of luck. I, I I guess if you want and, to call and it luck. And Fortress Block had to forfeit their game, right? That, so that's that's they, another thing that gets implied. They, that's they another team. It's different luck, right? It's a different outlook for that bracket that we have. For exactly, I mean, exactly, it would have been uh, essentially Glory <laughs> Boys versus Fourth and Schlong, right? So yeah. so 
I mean, there's some luck and forfeit elements that, that go into this. But, yeah, I, I, I kind of agree with Eagle. I, I like all these matchups, uh, particularly in my case. You know, Primetime, Dirty Dogs, both are very good teams. So, like, uh, sure, I'll, I'll okay, let's go with Dirty Dogs. But Primetime would have been a, a difficult matchup as well. Cool. Mo, Mo come, no, you're good. You like it? Yeah, yeah. Thumbs up, I, I, thumbs I, I, down. I, I, you are you are carrying this division for me, man. I am. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, 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 I'm done. Okay, you're you're done. Okay, so Eagle, we're we're gonna have a conversation here. Uh, so let's let's look at the the glory. Bo- There's four matchups. Uh, Left yeah, here. so actually here, let me let me play host for a little bit here. So Ooh, we're going to be looking you. at the four matchups. We'll start with the Glory Boys versus Wide Open Bar. So 10 versus 15 seeds. Uh, back on July 14th, Wide Open Bar beat the Glory Boys 32-20. to 20. Mm-hmm. That was the final game of the season for Glory Boys. But that's a long time ago. Like we're talking th- almost three weeks until this matchup is going to be coming up. Um, Mo was concerned specifically about Glory Boys not scoring more than 26 points in four of their last five games. But they did get 40 against Bandits. Um, and we always talk about how the, the standard for touchdowns to win a, a game or a playoff game specifically is that five range, right? Four is questionable. When you, once you get to five and you lose the game, it's likely because your defense lets you down at that point. So what are we thinking going into this game? Who has the advantage and, and what are you expecting to happen? So I, I like that Glory Boys put up 40. Uh, like like you mentioned, uh, just just uh, this past uh, whatever it was Sunday or or Monday. Um, now, uh, there it's just they haven't played a lot of football, and their last uh, play uh, their last game uh, in the regular season, like you alluded to, was was against uh, Wide Open Bar, and it was a twelve point swing. Now was uh, Glory Boys missing some guys in that game? Maybe. It appears that they're going to be missing some guys as well. Is it their key and best players uh, that are that might not be present uh, for the seven o'clock game Laval Outdoors tomorrow or or on Thursday? Because by the time this comes out, it, it is Thursday. Um, who knows, right? So um, I just don't like that sour. Or maybe it is a good thing that they have a sour taste in their mouth uh, against a wide open bar and that they're going to want to prove themselves kind of like they did it against Bandit. So I actually kind of like uh, glory boys going into this one um now as for wide open bar they uh they got kind of like lucky right with not playing fourth and schlong so i would have liked them to have you know kind of proven themselves uh to get to this point they did uh i think uh get a victory over blue yeah but it was blue dreamers in the first round so not a not a bad victory but i would have wanted them to prove themselves beat fourth and schlong to get to glory boys in this one all right, we're going to move on to our next game here. Dirty Dogs versus Kiss My Vulture. Um, I have a question I'm going to add to the script here before we get to the one that's Ooh. actually in here. So okay. what I've done is I've pulled up the Dirty Dog schedule. So there's no previous matchup between Dirty Dogs and Kiss My Vulture. So right. here's the Dirty Dog schedule. Mm-hmm. What I want you to do is try and find a team yeah. that you think is most similar to Kiss My Vulture that Dirty Dogs play through their season here. So I'll read them out for you, just in case it's too small. Yeah. Lockdown, Santod, Selwyn Old Boys, Killer Rays, Late, Mighty Six, V-Town, Undertakers, Save the Turtles, Prime Time, and then last week, Trap Stars. So there's not one team that that that's like a good enough comparable, but there's like a, a few elements of 
save the turf duels. There's a few elements I see of who was the team of Killer Rays and a, and a little bit of Mighty Six. So now if if we look at those matchups, the uh, Mighty Six was like it looks like it was a forfeit win uh, against Killer Rays was 25 to 19. And uh, save the turf tools at 29 to 26 victory for Dirty Dog. So all in all, we're looking at a, a like a one possession game, which is pretty much what I expect this one's uh, going to come down to. And then same question in the opposite <coughs> approach. So kiss my vulture. I have the schedule up here. Which opponent most resembles Dirty Dogs? You know your schedule better than me, so. Uh, Dirty Dogs. So we played Mad Dogs, V Town, Blue Dreamer, Santa, Glory. I maybe a bit of Glory Boys. Uh, let's see who else. Uh, who's hard to tackle? Uh, you know what? <laughs> I just played them in the playoff game and uh, played them in the last week of the season. A little bit of uh, Threat Level Midnight as well. A little bit of uh, Glory Boys, uh, which again. Same tendency, right? 24-21 against Glory Boys, 25-18 uh, in this last playoff victory against uh, Threat Level Midnight. So, again, what, what this is all suggesting to me is, uh, is a one-possession, very, very close game. So, now we get to the actual question here. Uh, Dirty Dogs have Chalvedo as their carry player. Kiss My Vulture have James Drysdale as their carry player. Uh, who's going to have the greater impact in this game, and what can the opposing team do to limit their productivity? Mo, you want to just give me the name and I'll give you the productivity. So who's going to have a bigger impact in uh, Dirty Dogs Kiss My Vulture? Is it going to be James Drysdale or Charles Vettel? You can just give me the name. Vettel. Okay. Uh, now, so Vettel is going to have uh, the bigger impact. This guy, once you get this ball in, in this guy's hands on quick slants, drags, uh, he's shifty like Jeremy White. Uh, maybe even a little faster than Jeremy White. Uh, he can take it all the way downfield for a 40-yard. What looks like a bomb on the score sheet is actually uh, him evading tackles and making guys miss and, and running it up the sideline for, for a touchdown. Um, so offensively, that's what uh, he, he, he brings to the table. And don't underestimate his, his route running ability, the smash outs, double outs, double anything with like double moves. The, the guy can absolutely burn defenses. Uh, and then on the defensive side, I'm actually not too sure. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm interested uh, to see where he, he lines up, uh, if he's more of the safety or if he's a, a corner on the one or the five. So I'm, uh, I'm interested to see what, what, uh, what he can bring on the defensive side of the ball. All right. Uh, next matchup, we have Peerless Scarred versus Primetime. Um, what I find interesting about this matchup is both teams are very comparable in terms of record. Um, Peerless Scarred being 8-2, and Primetime 7-3. and three, okay. But also very similar in points for points against. Peerless Guard being 330 and 201, Primetime being 307 and 212. So very near each other in terms of the numbers. But what I've kind of noticed is Peerless Guard kind of ran up the score against a lot of their opponents later on in the season versus Primetime has been a lot more consistent in terms of their overall productivity. Um, maybe Undertaker's earlier on the year is a little bit of like a whiff on that one. So going into this game... Do you think that one team or the other should try and slow down the other's offense? So, for example, Primetime needs to make Chad Buck slow down in terms of his productivity? Or would you actually want to turn it into more of a shootout and everything and trust Dan Spina to put up, like, four or more scores in this matchup? Yeah, so you played uh, you played Primetime when Spina was there. Mm -hmm. um, from at least a statistical standpoint, 
it you're right. I don't think he's always capable of putting five, six, seven TDs on, on the board. Um, but you saw him with his actual gameplay. So uh, my personal opinion and, and answer is going to be try and run up the score if you're a peerless card, which they're capable of doing. Chad Bucks, uh, or sorry, it's not Chad. It's Jared Bucks. Sorry, I wrote that wrong in the script. Uh, Jared Buck is... I. I've seen him play. I've seen the stats. He is one of those quarterbacks that's capable of of uh, putting up six, seven, even eight, eight touchdowns. So, uh, what is it specifically that you saw with uh, Daniel Spina that uh, that he has trouble with uh, putting up five or more TDs? Eagle. Uh, I don't know. I'm reading stuff off the script. You tell me. <laughs> no, but you you played them. Yeah, but I mean, it, like you you literally game planned and like said, like on the fly changed adjusted your defense against this guy and normally he doesn't put up five tds and he did against you so what what did he do uh he exploited our weakness in our defense due to roster issues the okay end. i mean they took advantage of interceptions the end oh okay all right um now i've seen I'm, that's not to take away like you know the sure. fact that they actually execute and right. everything but yeah i actually i think their offense is actually very one-dimensional to be honest in a running sense or because he it's, runs a lot it's broken place. <coughs> okay. So, yeah. So, that's where I think uh, Peerless Guard has the advantage. They're more of a systemic offense that's more uh, inclined to drive the field uh, and score. Uh, if, let's say, they have eight possessions, six out of eight possessions on in every game. They're more consistent with their offense, and I think that consistency is going to be huge in this playoff game. All one right. more game, and our last one game, more game. Yeah, one more game, and then we're going to go picks of the week. Mo, if you want to take a break on those, we can have Iggy do, uh, do them all, and he'll vote <laughs> twice. Um, Killer Rays versus La Cité des Jetons. Um, this one's interesting to me because Cité des Jetons actually beat Killer Rays early on in the season, 43-34. to 34. That's week one, yeah. and I don't think Killer Rays dropped a game from that point onwards, right? They basically went a perfect 8-0 and from that point. On top of in that uh, first week, they also had a double header as well and beat Selwyn Old Boys in that one. So, this is the grunge match for Killer Rays, the the team that got away that ruined their potentially perfect season. Um, so, looking at this matchup and everything, can the greater raw skill of Cité overcome the experience that Killer Rays has managed to put together over the past two and a half years? So. I like the fact that, uh, and Killer Ray's already signed up for the Fall Cup, so cool. Good to see you that you're coming back. Because uh, I clicked on the team, and they had no team picture, no games played. I was very confused for a second. Um, so I like the fact that these teams played each other. And the fact that Killer Ray's are now uh, a two-and-a-half-year experienced team, uh, I'm hoping that they, they can take away what Cité de Jeton did, although they're kind of a broken play similar to, to primetime, uh, that they make plays off broken plays. Um, hopefully, the plays that they saw, that Killer Ray saw, Cité de Jeton run. Again, it's week one. Did Cité de Jeton maybe change their playbook? Maybe. Uh, but they have an idea of maybe how to stop certain aspects of their offense. I'm hoping that that, that experience from Killer Rays will, uh, will benefit them. Uh, one. And two... Uh, I like how the Killer Rays offense evolved over the season. It was always a very high-scoring offense, uh, deep ball, maybe a bit deep ball reliant and run reliant on on the part of uh, uh, Curtis Ryan with the uh, the stretching the field and Tyler Bianchi with the uh, the more of a running quarterback. Um, but the 38 TDs to 9 TD, uh, nine INTs. Um, 
I just like the way the offense kept it going from the Division E championship run that they had last season uh, and were able to still put up the, the points in Division D. So uh, for those two major reasons, I like Killer Rays uh, overcoming their, uh, their perfect season. Or, right. the, or their Mo, loss. Mo, I'm going to give you a chance here. Is there anything you heard that you disagree with that you want to change the opinion of? No. So, <laughs> to, to maximize my words. Yes. I scored kept that Killer Rays, that Cité de Jetel game back in Laval. Okay. They, <laughs> they neutralized the Killer Rays offense. And I was really impressed with that Cité because – they had complete control. The scoreline was not indicative of the game itself. Okay. Last day were a much better team. They controlled it. And that's what we care to see is how does the Killer Rays adapt to the speed of this last roster? Because you look at the uh, what they did in that football game. Red Ball was really good as a quarterback. Uh, he was able to use Justin Tremblay a lot in that game. And they had to answer for it. Uh, Curtis Ryan is a monster for Killer Rays. But I think for Bianchi, he's got to figure out his supporting cast. Can they all come up with bigger, better plays than what they could do against Lassie back in week two? So I'll be curious to see what the adjustments are. You're bang on about that. But I just think that Lassie just has a little bit more of a diversity of their offense going to this game. Okay. All right. And that now brings us to games of the week. I I love how you set yourself up. I mean, I have to because yeah. Mo's dying, so yeah. trying to cover here. Yeah. All right, we're going to go in the same order that we did everything in here. We're going to start with cool. Division E quarterfinals. The Praetorian Guard versus Tizzle. Praetorian. Yeah, give me the guard. Minka FT, Black Label. Black Label. I'll go the label. Les Petites Carottes, Wind Diesel. Carat. I'm going Wind Diesel. And Vic in a Box, The Penetrators. Penetrators. Yeah, I'll go Penetrators as well. All right. Good luck to our Division E teams in the semifinals on Tuesday. We won't be here to predict them. We'll talk about it on Wednesday, though. Women's Division, Les Petits versus Villa. Uh, LPM. LPM. And Red Nation, Strangers. Red Nation. Let's go Red Nation. All right. We have Division B, Silent Ticklers, Touch It, Catch It. Ticklers. Yeah, I'm going Silent Ticklers, Roshi, with this one. And Moretti Crime Family, BYOB. Crime Family. Yeah, the crime going to the finals. Division A, Braves, Party Crashers. Braves. Let's go Braves. All-Stars, The Apocalypse. All-Stars. All-Stars, we're going to have Braves, All-Star Final. And Coed 1, Kiss My Outlaws, The Justice League. Outlaws. Yeah, I'll go Kiss My Outlaws. And easy fun, les petites fuck. LPP. Yeah, LPP. We're going to have a rematch of uh, Kiss My Outlaws, LPP, 40 to 41, the last time they played. Coed 2, Kiss My End Zone, Sneaky Snakes. End Zone. Can't pick it. Les Princesses, Three Hunters. LP. Yeah, I'll go Les Princesses. Division C, The Infantry, Vultures. Infantry. I'm going to go Vultures are back in the spring championship. And Hot Sauce Sports, the Stoics. Hot Sauce. Yeah, let's What time is the game sauce. at, Eagle? What time is that game yeah, at? It's uh, 10 o'clock at Loyola, outside. No, no, but in the finals. They advance to the finals. What, what did they play? 8-10 in Brossard. Oh, man. Pizza going to be having by like 4-10. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. I mean, not if he's in the finals. Come on, please make it to the finals. Let's go. We also lose a cameraman in Chris Rebe if he makes it too. <laughs> so we're screwed. No, either way. because. We oh yeah, it's true. Yeah, no, 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 no. We don't talk about it. Mo. we don't talk about it. We don't talk about it. We'll talk about we it next week. We don't talk about Bruno. Is that is? I don't know. Whatever. It's fun. And we have Division D, uh, uh, Glory Boys, Wide Open Bar. Mo. <laughs> Glory Boys. <laughs> yeah, I'll go Glory Boys as well. Dirty Dogs, Kiss My Vulture. Vultures. I cannot pick it. Peerless Scarred, Primetime. Scarred. Yeah, Peerless Scarred. Killer Rays, La Cité des Jetons. I'll go with the Rays. Oh, okay. I'm going Rays as well. I thought you were your whole thing was building up for Cité. I'm going to Never expect the unexpected to be here. Okay, good. All right. And then, of course, our Division D semifinals are going to happen on Tuesday. Good luck to those guys. We'll talk about your game next week on Wednesday and preview your championship finals. That's going to be our games of the week for our penultimate episode of Calling the Audible for the spring season. Um, honestly, guys, I'm really happy Mo survived, Jesus even though at Christ. the end there it was like running on fumes more than anything else. But I'm glad yeah. you're still here. I'm, I'm glad we figured out the technology, sort of. Iggy, yeah. thanks for filling for well, Peas while Peas was exploring the European villas and delicious cutlery, or charcuterie boards. Cutlery. Cutlery. Yeah. <laughs> cutlery not included. Uh, I, I was going to say culinary, and then yeah. I changed my mind to charcuterie, and then I just said cutlery instead. Um, I, a reminder to all the teams uh, who have the FBF Fall Cup, it is now open officially, Eagle. Yes, so Fall Cup registration is officially open. You can find the registration link on the sign-up area. You can register as a team or as an individual. We offer four divisions, Tier 1, 2, 3, and Co-Ed. Caps are on the site, so you can figure out when that is. Games are Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. New ratings have been uploaded. If you have a complaint about them, I don't care. They're correct. Okay. So, but seriously, you can submit a rating re re review request if you want, but chances are it's not going to go anywhere because I did a really good job this time. So. <laughs> well done. All right. Uh, we will have a big show next week, a big cast show. Uh, we got to talk about that, by the way, because I am not available for Wednesday. But you guys will go Wednesday, we'll figure it out. Anyway, okay. we'll figure it out. <laughs> Hopefully, by then, I'm better. If I'm not, then we're in trouble for Roadshow then. Just sniff them fumes the way Alexi told you to do it. So, yeah. just the right fumes, though. Yeah, poisonous. <laughs> I like, uh, it's, it's, I'm almost over this thing. It sucks because it's, it's the last part of it. It's lingering, yeah. It's and lingering. It, it seems like the lingering part's the the worst part. We're getting a message from BZ. How's the show, gents? Yeah, tell them how the show is. <laughs> no right. is dying. I I've now. Uh, I think I've signed a contract uh, overriding uh, P's on the on the show. I think I'm the new uh, full time associate here. Well, you'll Goodbye. be with us next week for the main cast show, right? We're gonna have all the all the and stuff and yeah, doing the final stuff. All right, and I'm uh, waiting. I'm waiting for a barbecue too. So there's something about a barbecue. Yeah, too many turbans. Uh too many turbans. Uh, that's worst, please, Eagle. Uh, good night, Deshaun Watson. Good night, Hollywood Brown. Uh, good night, Trevor Penning. Good night, Marquis. Yeah, that's what I said. All yeah. the drama in the NFL is insane. Good night, Vince. Uh, NFL training camp. Good night. <laughs>